Welcome to the Golden Ratio Podcast. I'm Jen, your mom, joined as always by Jared Dad. Hi. Uh, so it's our Keys 100 update. Wrap up. Podcast. Uh, I don't think we got any dog news since last time because... Riley's kidneys are still messed up. Yep. I took out a couple of queso stitches for the queso holes they removed. Queso heals so well. Oh my gosh. I mean, yeah, she does. On an absolute scale, she heals well. And for a 14-year-old dog, she probably heals... It's probably off the charts, some kind of miracle dog. She, yep. Like, yeah, her, her stitches heal in less than a week. I mean, yeah. her, her surgery scars, right? That's right. She had her surgery like a week ago Wednesday, I guess, two weeks ago Wednesday when you're listening to this. And then we were leaving a week after that on Wednesday to come down here. And, you know, normally you'll leave a stitch in for 10 days. and But I was going to be gone for you know, almost five days after that. And I was like, well, I'm not going to leave her stitches in for two weeks. Like, that hurts. It looks okay. I'll take them out. Totally fine. Totally healed up in a week. Yeah, and she, I mean, she doesn't really need the cone because she can't scratch herself that well. It's no. like such a big effort for her to, she's so inflexible for her yeah. to scratch her own ear or that itchy part that, you know, she didn't even need the cone or anything. It was a very uh, subdued recovery for her. Yep. Yeah, her puffy face finally went unpuffy yeah but she was eating while she had the puff i mean yeah. she wasn't too too she would have eaten more if we'd given it to her she was very, like scarfing other people's food if she could have yeah there was like a day or two that she wasn't feeling like eating and that's about it so everybody's good she's great yeah. okay so freaking model dog good job Kato. so good uh so yeah you, didn't you call her benjamin button the other day oh there's like the whole <laughs> lots of the fans <laughs> call her that yeah it might be some kind of magic yeah she is sort of aging in reverse it's, it's awesome really cool um she has lost a lot of weight yeah in a short amount of time when we were uh when we were down here in january i took her to the vet for some other itchy little lumps that eventually got taken off and she weighed 89, like, in mid to late January. It could have been even February. And then she weighed 81 when we took her in a couple of days ago. She's been eating, or, you know, a week ago, eating the same stuff. And it's been, like, over a couple months that she's lost quite a few pounds. So uh, we've increased her food. She now gets a whole bunch of food, like, so much that she doesn't finish all of it. Because um, why not? Yeah. Live your best life, Kazo. And it's not that she's too skinny now. She's sort of an ideal weight right now. But it's always worrying when they start losing weight really fast. So. Yeah, and I I was remembering recently that she, you were educating me, but she, she was on thyroid medicine for a while, and it was because she came with it. Yeah. But she never has been diagnosed with a thyroid problem. Yeah, I think our vet was kind of like, huh, why is she on that? And I was like, well, she came with it. <laughs> But we stopped giving it to her. I mean, we gave it to her. A month or two in, yeah. Yeah. Um, and she's had a ton of blood work. I mean, every time she's had surgery, including for this, and uh, her blood work's fine. So who knows? But the thyroid affects metabolism, right? Because it could affect weight. Yeah, but her th- thyroid levels are fine. Yeah. Well, there's uh, probably a big range of fine, maybe. Like she's now in the... Maybe. I burn more calories fine. Man, could I borrow some of that, please, Kezo? <laughs> Maybe we should. There's all sorts of magic things about Kezo. Oh, She's God. a magical dog. Uh, so anyway, there you go. That's the dog update. Um, we're recording down here in the Keys, which is why we're not on the fancy 
equipment. But and I'm not being told to put my head near the mic every time I look away because I still am. <laughs> um, so anyway, yesterday was Saturday, which was the start of the Keys 100, my yep. attempt at running 100 miles. 6.40 a.m. And uh, a spoiler alert, I should still be running right now. I'm not. So uh, it did not go as I hoped, but uh, so the the end, which is the really important part, is uh, I got I ran the first sixty miles. I was feeling good. I mean, you know, stuff hurt. Uh, my Pilates really helped. Like normally, the kind of muscle soreness and stuff I get in the hips and whatever not an issue this time, which was amazing. Like the Pilates has made a big difference. My toes were killing me, but I ran the first 60 miles. That is farther than I've ever run before. It was also dry and for you, not too hot. Yeah. I mean, it was warm. I was feeling it, um, but fine. And uh, so I got over the seven mile bridge into the lower keys, which I was like, this is my home territory. I know about it. And uh, met dad, dear dad at the aid station and uh, almost passed out. Like I went and I felt like my whole body go like everything is now liquefied and like we're going to evacuate everything that's in here yeah. uh, in whatever way necessary. That didn't happen, but it felt like it. Um, and then, you know, to, I, I used to pass out all the time when I was a kid. Like I'd pass out in school. And uh, so I've when I was down there with you, felt like I was going to pass out, kind of held my head down, was okay, and then started going and kind of went up. You were parked sort of down this tiny little hill. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is a tiny little hill. Like uh, (laughs) Like the end end of a bridge kind of hill. It was, yeah, I mean, like down into the parking lot, right? It was... Uh, maybe ten feet long. There's not a lot of hills. And in, you know, we had maybe go up five feet, and uh, and I got up there and started walking again on the course because I wasn't feeling great. I had a drink, and uh, and I probably made it ten yards down the road, and I was like, whoa, like feeling woozy, and I kind of leaned onto the barricade and was like, all right, I'm just gonna hold my head down. And right at that moment, the medical director for the race is <laughs> good and bad coming into the checkpoint there and he saw me and he pulled over and he's like you doing okay I'm like I'm okay and he's saying all this stuff to me I had no idea what he was saying <laughs> and uh and then Who's I was the president like, who what time is it <laughs> I was like whoa I don't feel real good and uh literally had to sit down on the side of the road like with my head between my knees with the dude there yeah uh, and he was I mean he was super nice right he pulled over he just he wasn't giving me a hard time he's like I'm just gonna sit here with you for a while and I then we'll he, see how it goes seen this before yeah um, I mean, it's a nice thing about the medical people in these races. It's like their goal is not to pull you out of the race. Their goal is just to make sure you don't hurt yourself. Uh, or die on their race. He's, yeah, he's like, <laughs> well, yeah. So he, he's like, uh, you know, do you have a crew here? And I'm like, you know, I didn't know you had left. I think he's still down there. And he's like, well, I'd rather have you sitting down there than sitting on the side of the road. So he put me in his minivan and drove me whatever down the five you know, foothill back to the parking lot, but you had left, which was fine. There wasn't anything you could do for me. No, you called me. Um, and so at that point I couldn't really run. Like my equilibrium was messed up. Uh, I mean, stuff hurt, but my legs weren't real. My legs really weren't tired. My toes were really sore. Um, 
and I toughed out another 12 miles walking and the last mile or so I started feeling kind of woozy again and you know everything hurt I was walking super slow and uh that was I mean five in the morning yeah it wasn't the worst but it was like a 25 minute mile I was doing so not fast yeah it was four in the morning I think and I was like if I keep going at this pace and I wasn't doing the best math but I was even optimistically, even say I could maintain a 20-minute mile, which is sort of like a good, like, not fast, but solid walk, um, which I wasn't doing, it still would have been another 10 hours of that that I had to do to finish the last 31 miles and or whatever. I was getting to 29 at that point. And I was like, I can't conceive of doing this for another 10 hours. And the fact that I started feeling like I was going to pass out again even though it was brief in that last mile chunk that I did in between seeing you, I was like, it's not good. Like, even if I did tough this out for another 10 hours, it's getting worse. And, uh, so yeah, I made it about 22 hours and 72 miles. And then, uh, plus there's a cutoff in the race. The race had a 32 hour time limit. I was not going to get anywhere close to that. That was a big factor in your head. For sure. And so I called the, I called one of the aid station guys because I had thought about bailing a few miles ahead, probably like mile uh, when I had like 30. Where were we? We were just before. It was well, after the seven mile break. It was mile 33. Yeah. Or 33 miles left. So mile whatever, 67. And I there was an aid station uh, coming up in a couple miles. And I was like, I don't know if I can keep doing this. There's no way I'm going to make the cutoff. And so I called the the kind of course guy who is at the next aid station. And I was like, you know, there's no way I'm going to make the cutoff. I feel okay. Um, but I'm going to get in late. I don't want to make myself do this for another 13 hours. If everybody's just going to be packed up and gone when I get there. And he's like, look, if you come in an hour late, like, you know, they've got a party and stuff at the end. Like you may not get an official finish time, but, uh, you'll still get your belt buckle, which is what you get for running a hundred miles you know, you'll still get all that. So you just keep coming, like you come to the next thing. And like, that was encouraging. Um, but I was just getting slower and feeling woozier and like needing to stop for longer so that, you know, I wasn't going to get in an hour after the cutoff. I was going to get in like three hours after the cutoff, uh, where they actually might've been gone. And so, yeah. So I did not make it all 100. Uh, this is my first real DNF, did not finish. <laughs> uh, my mom and I, so I had run the 2000 Chicago Marathon, and my mom and I had signed up to run it in 2001. And I don't know if she trained properly, but I didn't train at all. I was in grad school, like September 11th had just happened. I had just gotten married to my first husband, had just moved to D.C. Like, all things conspired against it. I, I didn't want to do it at all. You weren't sleeping. She didn't want to do it at all. But neither of us wanted to tell the other one that we didn't want to do it at all. And then we tried to run it together, which is like not a thing that works for me. And she's faster than me, so it's like hard for her. And we got like 10 miles in and it was just not working. And so we bailed. But I kind of didn't want to do it in the first place. <laughs> so I don't really count that. I mean, it's it's a DNF, but it's not like, oh, I did everything right. I trained, everything was right, and it just like didn't work out. Um, so this is my first one of those. It is a thing with ultramarathoners. All 
pretty much all ultra marathoners have a DNF. I mean, it's so so far outside the normal capacity. You yeah. really, everything has to go pretty well, pretty close to just right to get this to get a hundred miles run. Yeah. So that's the end of the story. Um, the actual race itself, yeah. So we started at six forty. Gr Dad was my crew, so he had a jeep loaded up with supplies. rental so it was great we can keep it kind of dirty <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be oh my don't, god don't anyone tell a rental company which will remain nameless jen <laughs> <laughs> for liability reasons <laughs> uh we didn't really it probably smells bad in there from you driving me home at the end there's a lot of it. chips and you know red bull spilled that i did not drink the red bull that or i didn't really eat any chips that's your dad monster energy drink Ugh. tm <laughs> um so, uh, so yeah, so GR Dad had the Jeep. I had bought a big ice chest, like a five, it's called like a five-day ice chest. Ice chest for chest ice. I'm <laughs> hilarious. We'll get to the chest ice in a minute. <laughs> um, so we were loaded up with all the stuff, and if you follow Jen Runs with Dogs, you saw me give a tour of, like, all the food and equipment that it's we like, had. It was like a movable tailgate for you. Yeah. Um, and so he would meet me every, what, mile and a half to three miles, depending yeah, I mean the race has a. It, they're really concerned about ticking off locals and blocking businesses traffic. and blocking traffic, because if they, you know, if the police complain about it or if someone complains to the police, then the race doesn't happen ever again. Yeah. So you know, there there are a lot of uh, information that you get as a crew and a runner about where you're allowed to pull off and where not, and where you're allowed to just park briefly where you're allowed to park overnight all these things so it's actually pretty logistically complicated especially for me because i don't do logistics you did a great job though but we sat down the night before like you had we had printed out like maps of the whole court you know 15 pages of maps that showed like we got to page like eight or nine i think yeah and uh and it had like little arrows, and then there were like spreadsheets that it had all like the mile markers and what is it next to and where it's important park. which side of the road it's on. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. it's very and and I mean you I appreciate this now. It's all looks a lot different at three in the morning yeah. when it's pitch black than at you know seven p.m. when it's still light. Yeah. So uh, so we started at six forty. And uh, so Geodad was curing me, so he yeah. also was up for 22 hours, like, trying to find these random little spots. Like, oh, you can park in the gravel. <laughs> well, everything's gravel. Nothing's really paved down here. You can park in the far left side of the parking lot of this yeah. bank. And don't park here. The park is closed. Don't, don't park here. If you park here, it's an automatic DNF. This business does not want anyone touching their property. Yeah. Um, I basically just ran and... Uh, Running was fine. I mean, I you ran. You were going strong. I felt really good. I had, and there was a couple friends down here, and uh, who were just visiting down here, and they met me at a couple different places. Once met up with your dad, and once by themselves. And um, I mean, I was happy. I was real happy for the first thirty or so miles, and uh, and even after that, until you passed out, you were doing real well. I ran the whole time. Um, I mean, the farthest I had run before this was 52 miles, 52.5 in that 100K, and I was shocked by that, and then I had to walk. And in this one, I ran all 60 until I basically passed out. Um, You know, I was not running fast, but I was doing fine. I was ahead of the, way ahead of the cutoffs. Uh, You were not last? 
What, no, as you not, said a few times. Not anywhere near last, which is good. Um, the blister situation for me was not very bad, which is a testament to how well I trained because your feet get tougher the more you train and you're less likely to blister. You did cut a hole in the side of your shoe. Yeah. So it these shoes I have used for a lot of this training. I mean, since like the middle of February, the Hoka's, the thick boys, um, they're super cushy and great, but I've never used them in a long race. I've done 30 mile training runs in them and they were okay. Um, but it was hot yesterday. It wasn't quite 90, but really humid in upper 80s. And there's no shade. No, and there's no shade. And my feet swelled, I think, more than normal. And uh, and these are just tighter, like in the toe area. I mean, they feel real roomy if you're just wearing them around, but they're tighter than the ones that I had worn. And so by kind of mile 20, I could really f- feel them pushing like on, you know, my pinky toe. And then, um, you know, I don't have bunions, but where you would have one, right? That kind of bony part at the base so, of your uh, big toe. Yeah. Base of your big toe, yeah. Yeah, base of your big toe. And uh, and I could tell I maybe was getting a blister on the base of the big toe. And, uh, yeah, so I, I had taken my socks off at one point, and there was a decent-sized blister there, and I drained it. And I I don't think it – I wasn't with you when I cut the holes, did I? No, you came to the aid station with the venomous snakes, and you had a, ho- and I, and you had a hole. Yeah. Um, because Jen runs with scissors. I do. So I, I run with a blister kit, um, which is, you know, blister band-aids and like a little roll of tape and uh, the stuff that you swab on that makes the tape stick really well and uh, alcohol wipes and a pin or a needle so you can, you What's know. That you, stuff that stains your skin reddish black? Yeah. I mean, it's it looks kind of like medicinal. iodine. Yeah. Um, but it's not. I don't, I don't remember what it's called. Like I got it just for this and it's like it comes with like a you know big ass q-tip looking thing um it's like a pre-soaked swab yeah um and it's not iodine but it looks just like that and then you let it dry and get tacky and you're basically kind of putting a layer of glue on your foot that oh, that's what that is that's what that's for glue it's, it's not actual glue like there is some medical primer thing <laughs> but that's kind of what it is and so if you yeah kind of put tape over a thing, it's going to make it stick so it won't come off, which is great. It works really well. Um, so I have a little one of those kits that I carry, and then you had a big one. But yeah, so I have these like little scissors in there, kind of like manicure scissors um, for cutting tape or whatever. And uh, and I was like, the shoes that I'm wearing, they're not going to make it past the end of this race. Like I'm going to wear them out over the course of 100 miles. Mm-hmm. So I should do whatever I want to do with them. I'm just going to throw them out at the end. If I'm more comfortable with a hole cut in them, I am 100% going to cut a hole in them. And uh, so I cut a hole like where that protrusion kind of at the base of your big toe is. And it felt so much better. Remarkable. So yeah, she had like foot like leaking out of her shoe. Yeah. And it <laughs> bulging out. And when we got by that venomous snake sign, like that was at the end of Hell's Tunnel. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, yeah, look at that. Whoa. That's bulging out way more than normally is. <laughs> and then I kind of poked it. It was all squishy. And uh, I was like, oh, no. And so we took the socks off, and it was just this – it was like the size of a golf ball, the blister. It didn't even hurt that bad, but it was huge. And uh, it, this was the one I had already drained well. And so I ended up – I have these, uh, like, nail – like, toenail clippers that look kind of like pliers, right? These, like, big – Bent. Uh, yeah, pedicure – 
things, which I had brought, thankfully. So just like cut a little hole in the middle of the blister so it couldn't <laughs> fill back up. Take that blister, try to refill now yeah. with the big giant hole in the skin. Yeah, so big giant hole, blister band-aid, <laughs> sticky stuff, tape. Uh, and that held up great. It didn't fill up again for the rest of the race. I'm wincing a little bit. This is, would not be my preferred course of action. If I have blisters, I kind of just let them blister because I figure they're, they're there for a reason. And you're like, must get liquid out, must drain liquid. Well, so there's a book called Fixing Your Feet, which is uh-huh. an entire book just about dealing with foot issues. In uh, Mainly it's about ultra running, but a, a lot of like hikers, like really long distance hikers will use it too. Um, and this guy's absolutely drain those blisters and it's worked for you i'm not i'm not saying this is this is somehow not supported by data yeah um so anyway yeah so i had that hole you know that square cut in there and then i'd cut a hole for like my pinky toe that was getting squished (laughs) and then uh i don't even know if you noticed but after the seven mile bridge i had stopped like in big pine key um and cut holes for both of my big toes, like above my big toes. I don't think I noticed. Yeah, it was dark at that point. Uh, uh, but like the, my big toenails were feeling really bruised and battered. And so at some point I just like sat down and there were like a billion mosquitoes. We should take a picture of these shoes. Yeah, I'll post I'm going to post a whole bunch of gruesome pictures later. <laughs> uh, I'll put those in there. And uh, There were a lot of mosquitoes. Yeah. I had a couple in the car and so you'd just be, it's dark, right? And you just hear me. <laughs> it's terrible, I, and I was pretty well covered and off, but still, I felt like it's got to sit some. It's got to land somewhere. Yeah. So I have a few weird lumps, but I'm. I can't imagine you trying to pee in the woods and stuff, and and like having mosquitoes coming. Like, hey, <laughs> Jen, yeah. how's it going? Hey. Stop moving. I see you stop moving. Yeah. So I was like sitting down on the ground uh, with these scissors, cu- and I was smart enough to take the shoes off, as opposed to trying to cut holes with the shoes on and stab myself. After 60 miles, your judgment is a bit impaired. Yep, I did a good job. Took the shoes off to cut the holes. Um, So yeah, now there's like little windows above my big toenails, which also helped. Um, You do have a precedent here. When when your toenails fell off after your 60 mile or your 100K, you did cut like big windows in your shoes and then you put duct tape over them. I'm like, I want to run, except my big toenails are so messed up. Sensitive. Cut holes. It was an old pair of shoes. I don't... I don't destroy new shoes. But then no you reason. put duct tape over it. That only once because like it was window. raining and it fell <laughs> off. So uh, they they were just open most of the time and it was fine. Uh, it's good though. And this is good. You, why not adapt the equipment to your body instead of the other way around? Yeah. Um, so my legs felt pretty good. You know, like they were tired. But the issue is definitely not like, oh, my legs can't keep running. You do have some mosquito bites in your legs. Oh, my God. My legs are just like. Science experiment. It does. It looks sort of like I have the chicken pox, just covered in red dots. Uh, and some of that, I think, is from bugs, and some of it is just like this weird rash I get when I run. Oh, like a heat way. rash, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so my feet were real sore. I think, I mean, they always get sore, but I think it was exacerbated by the shoes, um, which is a good lesson. Fortunately, I have 13 pairs of my old shoes still stockpiled in the basement that are r- much roomier in the toe area so i'll use those for any future races um but yeah i mean other than that like that was a pain that i could deal with but the weather was great weather was perfect uh didn't rain that's the greatness yeah yeah and uh you know like sure cooler would have been easier but it was mm. fine like but that wasn't 
in May. In May. So, yeah. you know, you're lucky it's not 95. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, Geodad did a great job. So you were super efficient. I'd come in, there are times where I'd come in, I'd be like, don't talk to me. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm just going to get my stuff. Don't ask. Don't, don't ask. Yeah. He'd be like, do you want something? I'm like, don't ask me any questions. <laughs> and I weren't, we discussed this ahead of time. Like there will be times where I'm just super crabby and yeah, bitchy. It's nothing personal. It was fine. And uh, I was and I was trying to be like extra good crew and I had some successes and I had some fails. My my fails were I got some pickles cuz I was like, "Oh, I bet you Jeremiah would like some pickle juice this now." This is totally an ultra thing. People drink pickle, pickle juice. Pickle juice. You've and you've had it under right conditions. You're not like against pickle juice. So you yeah. were just like, "I don't bleh." And then I bought a couple bananas cuz I you don't like bananas, but sometimes during a marathon you'll have one of those like, you know, cut up bananas at a, at the marathon yeah. or something to so I was like, oh, maybe she'll like this. And that, those were both fails. They were resoundingly not accepted <laughs> at the moment of, of offering. Yeah, I think that conversation went to your dad. I have some bananas or I've got pickle juice. And I was like, don't offer me anything else. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late in the day. Too late in the day. Uh-huh. Uh, but I did get her a, an orange slushicle, which was pretty good. Oh, or creamsicle. Creamsicle. That was a success. I was praising you for like five minutes. Yeah, I was like, this is something different. This will... Take her mind and off. I was like, her "Oh feet. my god, <laughs> this is the best One thing the ever!" Shell stations or nasty gas stations had uh, had oh, that, and I was, was like, so "Oh, good. I was looking for popsicles because that would have been fine too." They did at some aid station that you weren't at. They gave me a coconut popsicle. Yeah, um, that's good. Yeah, I think that's where I cut the holes in my shoes something, the first time. Something different. Yeah. The so my strategy was sort of to focus on the places that there wasn't a tent and a runner's you know, support station because you, those, could, you could be there. You know, that's doesn't have to be me. And the parking there was always real restricted. Yeah, right? and they were infrequent. I mean, they were every 10 miles. Yeah, so. too infrequent. Uh, but Geodad met me pretty much every mile and a half. I mean, at the end, every mile. Every mile at yeah. the end, yeah. Um, which was just great, you know, to be able to, uh, whatever, fill up my pack. I Put drink ice. Put ice in the sports bra, which is like the lady's biggest benefit from our equipment is that we got a thing that's going to hold ice against our core. Uh, and so, yeah, once I, it was like probably 930 and it had warmed up quite a bit. Yeah. And I was like, okay, it's time. <laughs> Big old scoop of ice. And in you were already wet bra. from sweat. So you might as well just get wet from uh, water. Yeah. And it, you know, I wasn't like dripping because um, it would, you know, I mean, I was damp, but I would kind of dry off yeah and uh it's amazing how much that keeps your core cool to put a scoop of ice in there she of course being good at logistics your mom brought a scoop that we use for dog food yep (laughs) cleaned it and then we used that for ice the whole time it was very handy and nothing i would have thought about i would have been using my hands and ice cubes been squirting out and squishing all over the place and dirty hands it was great nice little scoop scoop de doop scoop it into the Water container, you were doing like yep. mostly just ice and Gatorade powder. Yeah, it's in my backpack. Uh, there's like a two-liter bladder, and that sits against your back. Like there's the pack, and then the next thing is the bladder. And so, yeah, if you fill that thing up with basically just ice and the least amount of water necessary, the ice melts. Real quick. And it keeps your back cold. Yeah. So it's another good way to cool your core. Um, yeah, these are good techniques. Yeah. So I feel like my training, and I felt like this ahead of time, I did all the training. I have trained as good as I can train, and it worked. I mean, my legs, 
you know, I'm sort of stiff today. So we got home at like five this morning. I probably built six probably, right? I think I built at like four 30, you know, we let them know that I was dropping and came home. You know, I took a shower because I smelled so bad. I smelled so bad. And I, I had this layer of grime that literally like on the back of my neck, if I ran my fingernail across the back of my neck could like cut a little tunnel through the just sunscreen it's a little bit like archaeology right like so so at six there's a layer of sunscreen then there's sweat and dirt and then there's another layer of sunscreen then there's some off yeah and then there's another you don't remove the bottom layers you just add to it so you i get i guess i get these sort of you have an armor of chemicals after the after a while yeah so took a shower and we went right to bed um we slept till like 11 this morning and uh yeah i'm a little stiff I could probably go for a run. I mean, my feet are really this sore. This is scary. Um, this is not normal. My legs feel great. No, that's scary. I'm more sore than you are, I think. <laughs> uh, so the, my training was good. Like, I really did everything I had to do. Um, my nutrition, I think, was the problem. You know, you start to get nauseous after a while. Should I have that pickle juice? <laughs> you know, there's you... <laughs> I'm kidding. I know. The pickle juice is for salt, which is a really important part, though, right? Like, it's a quick kind of way to get a big shot of salt into your system. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did fine on the sodium. You were doing salt tablets, too. Yeah, I had salt tablets that I was taking, and you were really good about kind of monitoring how often I did it. Um, That wasn't an issue. I was drinking enough. I mean, I was peeing constantly. and, you know, as the night got on, you know, I'd like try to step into the woods and whatever. And, you know, when we're at like mile, whatever, 65, I'm like, uh, just don't look. I'm just going to pee right over here and uh, like whatever. So that's great. So I was definitely drinking enough. Um, but I didn't feel like eating a ton and I was doing okay. Like I, I ate a decent amount of stuff, but I didn't eat enough. And I think that is what contributed to part of my wooziness over the bridge um, cause I ate a couple gels after that, which are like so gross, but it's like a really quick way to get sugar it's into like your caffeine system. caffeine and sugar, right? So it's a short term buzz thing and it's, yeah, it was like a hundred calories of sugar. Yeah. It's really short term, right? It's none of these sustaining calories. Um, but I did two of those and then I think I drank a can of ginger ale that you gave me and that made it sort of go away, which suggested my sugar was too yeah. low. Um, and I kept trying and I was, you know, I was taking in as much as I could, but I think I just got behind on it. Yeah. I mean, you, at mile 70, you should have ate more at mile 30, right? It's just, you can't go back in time and fix it. Your body is not absorbing anything by the end. No, that's right. And I mean, I think in the other races I've done, um, I've eaten like some heavier stuff. Like I, this time I wasn't eating a lot of stuff with fat or protein in it. I was mostly like I would eat a Pop-Tart. We had some cookies. I was eating the gels. But normally I'm eating like a lot of potato chips, which I just didn't feel like, which is fine. It means my sodium was good. I'm eating pizza, right? I'm eating stuff that's got like... Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, right? Yeah, which I couldn't... I I should have eaten more of those, but I just like the thought of just like chewing it, I couldn't handle. Um, So I think stuff you know, that would have stuck with me longer, more protein and fat in there probably would have given me, you know, some resources that would have lasted longer. I don't think that's the whole issue. Like, I don't think I was just passing out because my blood sugar was low. This is a thing that happens to me 
you know, it happened after that 50 miler. Remember we were at the, in the garage after that 50 miler and we were like waiting for the elevator to go up and I was like, and I'm going to pass out and sat down. And then like this family came out of the elevator and I'm like, don't worry, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. Like crawled in. As you were looking like sitting on the gun cement, (laughs) like flashing them because I'm in a skirt. Yes. Um, they ushered past. <laughs> they um, pretended did not happen. Yeah, so I've never had that in a race before. So I think it was, you know, exertion and, you know, some impacts from the heat and then nutrition all kind of together. But it wasn't like you forgot. The thought of no. eating made you physically sick. Like, I don't know that you could have held it down at that point. Right? No. This was, this was your body kind of messing you up. Yep, yep. No, I mean, because, like, I had three peanut butter sandwiches all cut into little, yeah. you know, bite-sized chunks, and I was like, I can't. I ate one of them the whole time. Yeah. Um, and that should be, like, one, one every five miles or something should be your normal A intake. whole sandwich, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think that was, uh, you know, I think the heat contributes to that, too, to just, like, ah, I don't want to eat anything. Well, and you're full of Gatorade, I think, probably. You're, like, yeah. your capacity of... Absorbing food is limited, and you're doing it with Gatorade and goo and gels and bleh. yeah. Well, shit. so anyway, I didn't finish. Um, my thoughts on this whole thing. I mean, obviously, I'm really disappointed that like I put all that work in, and I kind of have nothing to show for it. Like some races, if you're like I, you know, so this race has a 50 miler. They have a 50k, um, but they don't start together. Like they all finish at the same place and it's a point to point race. So the 50 miler starts 50 miles from the end and the 50 K starts 50 K from the end. So in a lot of races, if you're like, I signed up for the hundred miler and you get to like mile 72, like I didn't You turn around a lot, right? You do a lot of loops, you do loops or whatever. Like you go past places. They'll be like, all right, well you count as a 50 mile finisher. Yeah. You did a 50 mile ultra. Not in this race, Mm -hmm. this race. I don't get a medal. I don't get anything. I just get a big DNF. So even though I ran way more than 50 miles, they don't do the good job on the 50 miler, Jen. And, uh, and that helps somewhat, but you were, you really want to do 100, right? You weren't, you would have I been disappointed with the 52. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let me tell you, I'd be less disappointed if I had a medal right now. <laughs> I know. Uh, I know. It, I would feel much better if I went, you know, it just wasn't my day for the 100, so I did 50. And here's a medal. And I got this medal as opposed to I just drove home. You do love the medals. Yeah. Love. This was a good one. It's got a big tropical bird on it. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so yeah, I'm super disappointed. I will cry a little more today, but not now. Hopefully in the podcast. (laughs) Getting a little weepy. Yeah. Um, But honestly, I didn't have a great time after a certain point. And uh, I'm still really relieved that I dropped. It was 100% the right decision. What I was most fearful of and what Jared and I talked about a lot is like, you can't just let me quit because I feel bad. Like, make me sit in the car for 15 minutes. Here's the questions to ask me. Like, don't tell me it's okay until like we really have made it super clear. Yeah, I would not be, I would not consider myself doing a good job as crew as, you know, the first time 30 miles in, she goes, my feet kind of hurt. And I'm like, yes, you got to quit. You got to drop out, yeah. drop out. You got, oh my God, I'm calling the medical people right now. <laughs> Must drop out. Like that's not, that's not, I mean, I have to be a little bit voice of prior gen and, and, yeah. and remind you of things that you know, on a good day you would think about, right? And you did a great job and oh. including, cause I had said, you know, after I'd started passing out and then really slowed down, 
And when it was becoming clear that I was not going to make it in time, I mean, we met each other, I think, three or four times where I was like, I'm we, not going to make this. We, every mile we'd meet, you'd have a Coke, you'd have and ice. And I'd be like, I'm not sure it's going to work. On and you'd be trudging on and it was but you were, very surreal. I mean, you were like, we did it a bunch of times where like, try to make it to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Like, let's try, try this. Try let's do another this mile. Thing. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it was really clear, I think, when I came up to you at the last point that it's like, this is not working. And you still, I was like, if I'm going to quit, like, make me sit in the car for 15 minutes and see if I feel better. And you're like, okay, like, I think we both knew, like, it was done. But you're like, let's sit in the car for 15 minutes. Yeah, I mean, because, and, and you just, because you don't know, right? I mean, what if you had a second wind in a mile or something? It just, yeah. we tried that four times, though, and it didn't, it yeah, didn't kick in. There right. was no second wind. No. I think we, exhausted all the options let's put it that way yeah i mean my body basically told me like you're done at mile 60 and i toughed out another 12 miles um but toughing out another 38 mile 30 mile eight more miles by mile 28 more miles whatever it was uh yeah it was just not gonna happen so you did a great job um i don't know if i would attempt a hundred again I was telling to your dad this morning, I at least have to be faster. I I mean, I, there's a 32-hour cutoff for this, and we stopped 22 hours in. I didn't want to do another 10 hours. Like, even if I was going to make it by the end and it would be 10 more hours, it wasn't fun to run for that long. It was grim. Yeah, like 26 hours, 28 hours, I feel like I would top me out and so maybe that means a hundred is just not my distance which is okay and yeah you should have like an 80 miler (laughs) an 80 miler you know like the 50s are fun like they're really hard and challenging and 100k you did like that may be that may be your stretch 62 miles yeah that may be my stretch and that's okay um so we'll see but i wouldn't attempt this again until i got quite a bit faster i'd say if if I were like, all right, I'm really going to attempt it again, um, I would definitely lose like 20 pounds. I mean, I feel fine in my body. It's not that. But carrying 20 pounds less, like pick up a 20-pound weight and imagine carrying that for 100 miles. Not carrying that would be better. It would be just an easier all-around effort if I weighed less. And uh, I would have to get faster. I think if I could do a 50-miler in like 12 hours instead of – you know, this one I think was 14, 14 maybe. 14. First 15. First 50, I think we're right around 14. 14. Um, you know, that would put me in a better position, not just where, like, I'd be ahead of the cutoffs, but it means I'm going to run for fewer hours. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. It was... Uh, it's weird, though, because I've been thinking about it, too. I mean, th- this happens to everyone, right? The, the yeah. fastest, everyone at their level, the fastest runners, the ones who are trying to win, also... DNF. It's not like they, oh, they, yeah. they go, oh, I'll just run a little slower this time or I'll walk the last 10 miles. They also reach the limits of their capacities in their race plan and they're just like, I cannot. I cannot. And they end up just dropping out Absolutely. for all sorts of legitimate <laughs> medical reasons. This is so far beyond what you're supposed to be able to do yeah. that if if not everything works pretty much perfectly, you, the, the body is just not going to make it. That's right. I mean, there's there's no judgment in the ultra community about yeah. DNFing. 
uh, especially a hundred miler. I mean, I think everyone yeah. has had this experience where they just couldn't finish. I mean, yeah. I, I was just watching, right? But I could not believe that you were after 60 miles still like running away from each pit stop. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was just like, I'm just sitting in my ass in the car and this is impossible <laughs> for me. It, I am in awe of, of, you, of you, what you were doing. There's no fail, I think. It's, it's just like so much beyond what anyone should be doing. Yeah. So good job. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, thanks for being awesome support for well, the whole thing. Sitting around, I driving around would not have made it nearly as far as I did without you. Like no way. So I guess that's good. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Inga. I could have dropped out a mile 40 if you hadn't Stop been talking me out of it. giving me stuff. Jesus. <laughs> Let me pass out. Uh, so anyway, that's yeah. that update. Um, all right. So conch life stories. Some people send me all these Florida man stories now, which are like my favorite thing. And one that is not from the kids, uh, not from the kids, not from the keys that someone sent. That's still great. Had the headline stripper didn't want to be photographed. And so she slapped a man with a cheeseburger. <laughs> It wasn't down here, but it's still like pretty nice. good. See, that seems like it would be kind of soft. That's like people throwing slices of cheese at their babies. I know, but she got like charged with like, it, like a weapons charge. It's so overcharged. I mean, people, this is a problem, right? Police overcharge, so they get a plea. So it's then it's assault with a deadly weapon with intent to injure and maim. Yeah, and you know, resisting arrest and failing to cooperate and. You know, possession of a cheeseburger without a license. I mean, they'll just charge all these, like, you know, arcane laws, and it'll look like, oh, oh there's 18 counts of cheeseburger violence here. You know, <laughs> how would you plead to a misdemeanor, 90 days probation? Okay, because I could go to jail for three life sentences on those other charges. I mean, it's such a game, right? Yeah. She just smacked some guy with a cheeseburger. I think that's <sighs> normally you yeah. should be just shrug and go, all right, don't do it again. Yeah. Use a grilled cheese sandwich next time. Come on. <laughs> uh, and then in today's Conk Life, they had a story about a homeless man who was taken to jail with a whole bunch of charges because uh, he they found him like passed out. I think somebody thought he was dead or maybe having a seizure. He was just super drunk. They found like a half empty can. So he's just laying on the sidewalk. A half empty can of something called Four Locos. Oh, yeah. That's, a, that's an energy drink, Four Locos. But I think it has alcohol, alcohol too. It's beer it. with energy drink, yeah. And so... They were like checking on him, like, hey, are you okay? And he stood up and he's kind of staggering around and he picked up the can of four logos and he chugged what was left in it and threw it off to the side <laughs> and then like could barely stand up and the deputy's like, um, you're going to have to come with us. And he's like, no, man, like I'm not coming with you <laughs> and spit on him and uh, tried to run away and he didn't get very far. And so despite the four loco, he didn't yeah. have enough energy. I mean, he was, I think, loco enough, but really, uh, the, the, the body's really battling the alcohol and the energy drink at the same time. No. Uh, but I guess I, I'm sort of the conch life story for this week. Yeah? I mean, you are? Well. We got a big taste of the keys in my story. So. <laughs> uh, you have a German word of the week for us? Oh. Uh. Should we come back to it? Because I can do our sponsor. Sure. Erholungsbedarf. Uh, what does that mean? The. The demand for recuperation. Oh. Erholungsbedarf. Bedürftig. Erholungsbedarf. He's in Nach, Nachholungsbedarf. Ich muss in Urlaub, weil ich Erholungsbedarf habe. I have to take a vacation because I need 
relaxation. Oh, that's nice. Everyone's been done. Is that right? I think it's right. We're, uh, we're all going to believe you. This is when you say something and you go, is that a word? <laughs> uh, that's a good one. So uh, Audible is our sponsor. Yes. AudibleTrial.com slash the golden ratio. You were listening to books while you were walking, running. I was. I listened to Blair Braverman's book, finally. Um, she really likes the cold. That is the main thing in this book. She's like, I was born to be in cold places. And I was like, good for you, Blair. <laughs> Not me. She's found a bunch of dogs that love it too. Uh, it's a very good book sort of about her. And uh, and sort of uh, she spent a lot of time in Norway because oh. she wanted to go somewhere cold. So she like did an exchange program there and kind of what it's like to deal with men, especially if you're a woman in kind of male-dominated spaces, which she was. So uh, I wouldn't say it was... Happy. Happy. Sorry, but it was very well written. And I mean, her descriptions of everything are really beautiful. She's an excellent writer. Yeah. I mean, I've only seen her travel writing, but it's, or, you know, her description writing, but it's great. Yeah, it's great. Outdoor magazine, right? Yep. She's yep. really good. Um, so I did that one. And then I did uh, a good chunk of that Cormorant Strike book, the J.K. Mm. Rowling, Slutch, uh, whatever her pen name is, I'm blanking on it right now. Um, Robert. Galbraith, yes, Robert Galbraith, Galbraith um, which is fantastic so far. Really loving it. Good. Um, Good job, JK. Yep. So uh, you can get yourself an audiobook for free at audibletrial.com slash the golden ratio. Yes. So uh, we need to go eat something because I'm starving. Oh, my God. You're going to start gnawing on my arm. It's possible. <laughs> Do I have your permission? Because we you shouldn't <laughs> bite anyone unless they ask you to. You have permission, but I'd prefer to buy you lunch. <laughs> all right, why don't we go do that? Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks for all of your uh, online support during my race. Sorry I didn't finish. Psst, yeah, less. that was really helpful. Thanks, guys. Yep, it was great. And uh, I'm glad I'm not dead and going to go get a cheeseburger. Me too. Instead of still running. Mm. Yeah. Uh, all right, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>